This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And it's absolutely wonderful to have Mr. Ben Hornwell back with us again. Ben, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks, Peter. Thanks very much indeed for inviting me back. Not at all. And if you can, obviously you are uh, host of Steve Bannon War Room Room. Do you want to just just mention that? Uh, I think it's every evening, Monday to Thursday, isn't it? But let us That's know right. for those of you, for those of our viewers who either know Italian or want to brush up on their Italian, uh, just let us know how they can find out and what it's about. Um, well, there are two feeds. Both of them are on Getter. Um, this is my personal feed, which is at Harnwell, which is simply my surname, at Harnwell. Um, and that's basically an English-only feed. Uh, the show itself, Bannon's War Room Run, is in Italian, but we have um, we have the subtitles for that. Um, um, and as I say, that goes out on, on, uh, on at Harnwell. If you're, um, if you're really hardcore and you want the original version as it goes out um, live, then you need to go to at War Room Rome. On um, on uh, on get at War Room Rome, not Roma at War Room Rome. Um, quick sorted, clear enough. Um, and that's the Italian output. Um, and the show go, goes out pretty much live on uh, at War Room Rome. And then the following day, once we've done the subtitles, it goes out on at Harnwell. And the idea of that, Peter, is simply to um, to introduce uh, um, uh an analysis of the Italian focused news with mm-hmm. a Bannonist perspective. And it, it, it's, it's me and my, uh, it's really, it, it's really the two co-hosts that make the show because they really are absolute experts on Italian um, contemporary affairs, Piero De Luca and Alessandro Nardone. Um, and it's really, I'm just sort of a schmuck asking the questions. Um, and it's really up to them to uh, to come up with the great insights, uh, which they do. Um, and it's, it's it's good fun. And we've um, I think we've we, we've we've been ahead of of the news cycle, uh, the news curve on quite a few occasions. And what we indicate as being really the uh, the driver of events, and then the broadsheets will pick it up um, about thirty hours later, which okay. is always very encouraging for us. Absolutely. Well, that's there for anyone to watch. And let me just pull in one or two of the comments you on Getter. Frankie Boys was on first. Good evening, gents. Chris Davis, 33. Uh, ben Hornwell, uh, una leg legenda. legenda. Uh, as always, Vicky. Hiya. Uh, Villain, 82. Evening, chaps. Uh, Nick Mann. Hi, Peter. Hi, Ben. Good thing you're late. Thought I missed you. Of course you didn't. Tommy AU. Evening, free thinkers. Hardy. Trevor, 0707. And lots of others. Do drop your comments in. Let us know where you're watching. Always good to uh, to know where you're watching from. And let's go to our first story. And this is the probably the the biggest event of the week. And this is the uh, funeral of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. And this is uh, a getter post. Ben, you were obviously on. Uh, Warham talking about this. Um, tell us, tell us what your your thoughts are uh, on this. Um, 
I see from your comments, you go straight for the juggler. You don't hold back. So <laughs> let, let us know what your thoughts are of kind of what the world has witnessed over the last few days. Well, Peter, that's basically how we roll on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it, 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 it's we dispense with the niceties <laughs> while we're still off off air, and then when we get when we're um, when we're on air, it's it's sleeves rolled up, daggers out. Yeah. Um. Look. So basically, the, this is um. I really do think Steve Bannon is one of the world. I mean, he he is one of the world's leading figures on a number of fronts. Oh, yeah. Um. I first knew him. Sort of, sort of eight or nine years ago, uh, when he was coming to Rome, setting up the um, or before he set up the the uh, the uh, the Rome bureau office with Thomas Williams um, yeah. for Breitbart, um, and that sort of the reason. I mean, I think that was before even they'd set up uh, the, the the London bureau with Raheem. And the reason is because the, the, the Steve has always understood that that the fights of the Judeo Christian West, um, which is exactly where we are right now. It's an existential battle. Um, the, the role and the presence of the Catholic Church is instrumental to the possibility of our winning this. Um, and I'm talking in secular terms here. Obviously, Jesus Christ is the Lord of, of history, but in secular terms, um, this is something that we as activists need to, to, to put our shoulder to the wheel. Um, so, so Rome and the presence of the Catholic Church has always been important to Steve. Um, and that is why we take a particularly hard line. And, you know, don't speak of the dead and all that, and that's absolutely correct. But, um, but it would be, I would think, to sin against the truth to suggest that Benedict XVI was in reality um, a, a point of reference Mm. Um, for conservatives, but forget conservatives, which isn't so, especially in 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 Catholic uh, parlance, is is not something really that interests me. I'm talking about traditionalism. Mm. There's a difference between conservatism and traditionalism um, in in the Catholic Church. Um, and briefly, you want to know why we went straight into the jugular because there was about ten percent of the people in um, this is this is what the mainstream commentators and all the c- c- Catholicism Inc. Um, commentators, commentators that they won't tell people who who aren't physically present in St Peter's Square. Mm. There's basically a tenth of the turnout. There's fifty thousand in people in St Peter's Square uh, this week, as opposed to five hundred thousand when, uh, when when John Paul II died seventeen years ago. And the thesis of the War Room is that really a lot has changed in the Catholic Church in those 17 years. And specifically, it's this idea that the Second Vatican Council, which took place between 19... I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do inside baseball, but just to give the, the, the skeleton here, that the, um, that the Second Vatican Council between 60, 1962 and 1965, in which all the Catholic bishops of the world participated, mm. this was when modernism, um, in, th- in theological terms, but really progressive liberalism um, um, in, in, in real political terms entered in to the doctrines and the practices of the Catholic Church. And Benedict believed that the Second Vatican Council, of which he was an expert, as was his predecessor, John Paul II, um, he thought that the, he always said that that's basically the, the major spiritual um, events of his lifetime. And he very strongly to the 
to the marrow in his bones, believed that the Second Vatican Council could be was reconcilable with Catholic tradition, and in fact was the natural evolution of that. Um, and his terms that was the hermeneutic of continuity. Um, and what changed between when he died and John Paul II died is that is it was manifestly not true. Um, I would suggest in humility. Um, one of the reasons that he resigned was because he realised it was no longer sustainable and he just lost the will to carry on the fight. But fundamentally, uh, the, 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 the nature of the church changed. I'm saying that this is what you what you could see in the numbers of the turnout mm. of the funeral. Because when John Paul II died, you basically had, I would suggest, around 50% of the church was, let, let's call it um, conservative conciliarist. That is to say that the, that the council could be interpreted in, in a way consonant with the tradition of the church. And then perhaps, you know, I, I vary on my estimates of this breakdown, but I'll say, um, let's say perhaps 40% was um, progressive and 10% was traditionalist. Mm. As I say, they rejected in one way or another the council and wanted to go back to, to, to before the council. Um, with the failure of the Ratzinger pontificate, I would suggest that the church is now split into two streams rather than three. And that's basically progressive, which is, I'd say, 80% of the, the practicing Catholic church, and 20%, um, which is traditionalist. Um, and it's the traditionalists that are going to defend the fight for the Judeo-Christian West, because the progressives, they ran up that white flag decades ago, and they've been assimilated into the values of this world. Um, and seeing as we're called to be in the world, but not of it, it seems to me that the only authentic way of living as a Christian, if you're Catholic in the Catholic tradition, is to live as a traditional, traditionalist Catholic, uh, which, which is to, to fully embrace all of the teachings and, and, um, uh, and, and even the liturgy to some extent of the pre-conciliar church and just let the conciliar church wither away and die on the vine because all, it doesn't generate vocation to just corrupts those that have been generated i i think um elsewhere in the church um and then we need to 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 re refound yep. replenish the the christian basis of western civilization which i ben, think is ben because i think ben from looking at it from a, a non-catholic point of view from a, a protestant angle that the hope was the catholic church would be the conservative bulwark against the onslaught of liberalism but i think under pope francis that slide into liberalism has just accelerated well um i think benedict gave lip service to being um in political terms i don't mean in ecclesiastical terms yeah. and i'm going to switch i'm going to use the word conservative yeah. but apply it in the in the political sphere rather mm -hmm. than, than church speak i think he gave a lip service to being conservative but that's all it was francis doesn't even give you know i mean he's absolutely i mean they're different leadership styles and as a political hack i take my hat off to Francis, because he understands what leadership is, yeah. and he understands how it works and how you need to use it to drive forward your agenda. Something Benedict never did. Benedict always said, "Look, my authority." He used to indicate when people went to visit him. He pointed to the doorway of his study and say, "My authority ends there." You would never hear Francis say anything so pusillanimous. He expects 
everybody to understand what he wants and he expects them to do it. Uh, and they do do it because they know the consequences of not doing it. Um, and Francis has zero powers of governing the church that, that, that Benedict didn't have. It's exactly the same powers. They just, Francis has the courage of his convictions. The tragedy for, for the Judeo-Christian West, the tragedy for, for the Catholic Church is that all of Francis's convictions are wrong. Yeah. Um, they're, they're deeply uh, in, inimical to, to, to the th um, flourishing and well-being of the West. Um, so really, if you look at any of the existential battles that the West faces for survival, the presence of the post-conciliar Bergoglian church is, um, makes up every single fight we have even mm. more difficult because he's on the side of the enemy. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, let's, that was one big story. Uh, I think it was a big political story. Uh, moving on to another big political story, a, a bigger power play, and that is in the U.S., U.S. politics instead of Catholic Church politics. <laughs> so let's, this is a, a post by Steve Bannon, a five, two votes and a new speaker. Projam, can you just double click on that uh, Daily Mail article and bring it up full, yeah, full screen. Uh, and this is blood, sweat and jeers. Great, uh, as I, I love the newspaper uh, headlines. But Kevin McCarthy finally becomes speaker on 15th ballot after violent scenes in Congress. Well, violent probably an extra word. Republicans had to be held back from attacking rebel Matt Gaetz on second anniversary of January the 6th, following four days of farce. It it was quite farcical. Um and it, you have to go back, what, 150 years to find out a similar situation. And 1855. I don't, yeah, and I don't think really anyone outside the US really grasps the power of the position of Speaker of the House. But you've obviously been watching this play out um, as uh, when I go through uh, Steve's uh, posts on Getter, it's just... This is what everyone in the States was watching and the hope that a Republican House could actually do something positive. Um, do you want to kind of give us your, your thoughts as you were kind of, I guess, watching this day in, day out? Well, you, you mentioned just now in your intro, Peter, about um, um, seizing the power of the position of Speaker. Um, and it's debatable whether Kevin McCarthy has actually succeeded in doing that, even though he has taken the, the title of, of Speaker. You know, this is really um, um, a Rorschach test, uh, the whole thing, really. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why um, the coverage of this was as it was. It's because people were projecting onto the debate what mm. they really wanted, uh, what they really wanted to be seeing, mm. and that was certainly the case in in MAGA world. Certainly yeah. the case in, in the war room, because you're just flicking through sort of any of our feeds on Getter uh, when we're just when we're discussing this, and it's absolutely clear that people that that I say within within MAGA world are sick to death yeah. of the taxes of the war in Ukraine. Um, of the, just the expansion of the, um, the the exponential expansion of the national debt, which is an existential uh, threat to the United States and, and its future. Um, and they're desperate to rein that in. Um, so, of course, when 20 of, of the um, 
of the uh, of, of, of the Freedom Caucus mm. uh, members of the House of Representatives refused their support for Kevin McCarthy. The natural thing is to do is to project uh, and and um, and assume that that's really what this issue is about. And thank God someone's finally stepping up and, and fighting for, for these issues. Um, and I'm not sure. I formed this opinion really after today, after after reading the analysis of the actual result. I, did, I wasn't so um, I wasn't so cognizant of this beforehand. But I sort of formed the opinion now that the whole thing's like basically the death. It's a dialogue of the death. Yeah. Um, because to all intents, as far as as I'm aware, really what this was about was it really was procedural. Uh, it wasn't um, technically procedural, but really matters of substance. Um, behind it, it was really, I think, procedural. What this was was a power play. I'm not, I'm not saying that our guys on this, that 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 the Freedom Caucus were in any way wrong in what they were doing, but it seemed more about a about them having more responsibility um, as members of Congress. Now, there's nothing wrong in that in and of itself, mm. um, but if that's where we are, that really only you know. If nothing, if the status quo does not change in the United States, that country will not survive. It will head into into it will become Argentina and it yep. will fail. That is absolutely clear. If nothing changes. So, so so the airplane's doing this, and you've got a whole you know it, it's as if the plane has has no autopilot and no pilots, and it, the plane's doing this, and on a whole plane of five hundred people. Only twenty people are trying to get through to the cockpit, yep. and you think well. It's, it's really sort of deeply concerning um, that there's that that there are so few um, yeah. trying to shoulder the weight of writing the, the country by themselves. That's my first observation, Peter. My second observation is that Kevin McCarthy, I don't think, would ever have won had it not been for Donald Trump's direct true. Yeah. intervention. Um, he was basically whipping the votes and on hitting yeah. the phones, working the phones. So, right. Actually, this is my second point, but it's my first in ontological importance. If Kevin McCarthy fails to deliver an America first agenda as speaker, Donald Trump owns this. Yeah. Right. Donald Trump has at least Ron DeSantis breathing down his neck from the right. Yeah. Right. In terms of in, in terms of the, 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 the nomination for 2024 and potentially also Carrie Lake. And mm. I, I hope. You know, even though, even though I, I don't want to go down the, the, on this occasion with you the 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 the, the, the arguments about stolen elections, um, because because it would take too long. We've got a lot to get through. I absolutely think Arizona was a stolen election. I absolutely yep. think she won that. Yep. Um, and had she had she, were she sitting in the governor's mansion right now, she would a hundred percent be mm. a viable contender for 2024 100 percent um because i think she has all the attributes and all all, all the talents but let, whether she does or whether she doesn't she, donald trump has at least run the run DeSantis on his right flank and it's his right flank where he's weakest yeah. no one's I, I think he's got the, from the establishment left he doesn't have any any credible challenges so right donald trump and he he was not obliged to enter and en, en, enter this fight um, he did, and he entered it. I would suggest I don't want to say on the wrong side because I love Donald Trump. I, I think he 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 is an epochal um, personality um, and brought many things to the fore that needed bringing to the fore um, on 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 the American uh, political agenda. 
in a way that only he could do. I think he mm. he needs he deserves a chance to to, to 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 finish off what he wanted to do with the second mandate. Um, he chose to enter this debate uh, with regard to the speaker. He didn't need to do that. I think he's done it. I personally think he did it on the wrong side. I mean, I've I've posted that on Getter. I've been pretty clear yep. about that. Um, um, and if if McCarthy doesn't deliver, he's really now. I mean, people are excuse my French, but they're pissed off over him imposing Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Yep. They're pissed off that he endorsed Mitch McConnell in yep. his last Senate run. Um, and he didn't just, he hasn't just endorsed Kevin McCarthy. Sorry, man. He's basically responsible for, for, yep. for this yep. speakership. So Donald Trump owns this and it is now absolutely imperative. You know, um, it didn't take very long <laughs> for him to have the gav- gavel in his hands before our, our old friend, President Tempesensky is tweeting um, that, that he's hoping um, that, that, that that he's expecting the United States to 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 to, to continue its commitment of bankrolling Ukraine. Um, and and um, the um, Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blinken has has, has has pulled another figure out of the thin air, saying that they're going to give another four billion um, to Ukraine. Well, actually, now no, yeah. actually now you can't just say that. Biden administration because you need uh, Cong- because the president has no tax re- tax raising authority, right? Yep. It is now the job of, of of Congress to say yes or no to that. And if McCarthy just sort of rolls over and says "tickle my belly," um, Donald Trump owns this. He owns yep. it, um, and I think it could turn around. If McCarthy doesn't deliver an America First. Um, mandate as a speaker of that. So he doesn't control the legislation in, in an America first um, um, where I think that that, it, it, that could prove insurmountable now for, for Trump because um, uh, people are starting to itch and agitate mm. over his, um, his lousy personal choices. Well, let, let me break this. Was I thought this was a funny uh, post by Carl Rittenhouse. It says, Matt gets voting for President Donald J. Trump is proof 2023 is going to be a year of change and, and standing up to the left. Um, and I was, I was as, as you mentioned, surprised that there only were 20 who were willing to stand up. Uh, and the response from the rest of the party was to call them the Taliban 20. And if that's, that's well, 20 out of 220, that's just under... 10 percent uh-huh. uh, does that mean 90 percent are rhinos i was looking at that trying to scratch my head thinking why is the rush to put kevin mccarthy in um considering what he's presided over uh and i yeah um i i i thought i would be more excited with having the republicans taking the house but actually if only 10 percent of them wanted rid of the establishment what went before uh it, it i don't know if that's so positive well, my, the first thing I, w- I wanted to say, because I saw the tweet um, from Kyle Rittenhouse, I'm glad he is stepping up um, and he said that he, he's going to be now making, a, uh, he's now going to be making regular contributions um, in, in the public square. <laughs> and, I, um, and I tell you why, because I think he is MAGA's answer to David Hogg. Um, mm. Now, in a certain sense, Kyle Rittenhouse didn't deserve any of the shit that was piled yep, on him, yep, not at yep. all. But he was, to some extent, a protagonist um, yep. 
in what happened. David Hogg, of course, bless him, um, wasn't. I mean, he was in a he was in a school that that was mm. it. Sandy Hook that had the um, that had that had a a, shoot, a, 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 a shooting incident. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, so I, I, I think with David Hogg, right? With, bless him. With all due, whenever I see him, he's so sanctimonious. I I get. The, the response I get whenever I see someone a sanctimonious commentator on TV, I just want to slap the guy. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, on the other hand, is like a much more likable, regular guy. Uh, and I'm glad, I'm really glad that he's had the courage to step yeah. up um, and, and to use, as he said, some of the fame which he didn't seek to try um, promoting some of the issues he's um, he's passionate about. I think this is one of his first forays now. Yeah. Um, in line with that, I have to say, um, I'm sure he's going to hone his art as he goes forward. I'm not sure 100% I buy his analysis or, um, on this um, that 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 uh, that Trump pushing McCarthy suggests that there um, that that, that the GOP is, is really going to be sl- slapping down the left. I wish it was so. Mm. Um, you know, as, as we were saying before, let, let's wait and see. Yeah, no, completely. Well, we certainly will watch that uh, closely and see what uh, developed from there. I was actually just one before we move away. I was interested to see the the one individual in Fox who actually was calling into question the voting of McCarthy was uh, was Tucker. Um, and you saw interest. You saw Sean Hanley completely back Kevin McCarthy uh, while Tucker Carlson holding on and a great monologue just <laughs> ripping he's, McCarthy to shreds he's, he's the only he's the only guy worth watching on Fox now yeah. it's literally da- it's literally down to him yeah not completely um let's move our uh what is our oh yeah on the health so I I saw you had posted this those perfect to comment on the state of our health service and this is drop patients at a and e even if no beds paramedics told and this is the the panic the huge queues of ambulances so we're told um i haven't personally been to see it but of course why would our media lie to us but huge queues of ambulances waiting hours um this is now saying well you just kind of throw them out the back of an ambulance and they can go anywhere as long as it's not an ambulance and and you go off to get and it's it's the I know there was an emergency meeting yesterday or today by the Prime Minister and our here in the UK, our health service has completely collapsed. Uh, what were your thoughts on this, Ben? Uh, well, I was absolutely delighted, Peter. I can't stand the NHS. Um, and, the, and the sooner it's consigned to the dustbin of failed ideological government enterprises, the better. I'm sorry for the victims of this yeah. inevitable collapse of patients and taxpayers, um, but really the sooner the DNHS is, is, is euthanized, um, the better. Um, that said, one of the reasons, ironically, that it is in the streets that it's in is because the government, I mean, the thing is, firstly, firstly, open up Open parentheses, okay. Nobody knows how much money the NHS needs because you to, to, to actually, to, actually to, to know the level of investment any enterprise needs, you need prices that arise naturally on an unhindered market, hmm. um, and you uh, and you need a profit and loss column based on those free prices. The NHS doesn't have either; um, it isn't run. According yeah. to either, so we, we whether the NHS has too much money, too little money, whether it spends its money poorly, 
you, you, you only only free market discipline. Um, sorry, socialists can, can can offer any any guidance on that. Um, that said, if the issue is that the NHS is, is, is starved of investment uh, right now, well, you know, that's where the cookie crumbles because the government mm. has given all, any money we had, which we, which we didn't have to give, to um, President Ten Pesensky. Yep. Um, yep. You know, you can only spend you can only spend, as it were, a pound once. If, if you spend a pound uh, g- giving it to, to Zelensky's oligarchs, you can't then spend it on, on patient health care in the UK. Spends your money, takes your choice. And our government has sold this country out um, back since um, since Boris Johnson was prime minister. A man, by the way, you might remember uh, when I was last on your show, Peter, I'm not, you know, I am not wholly opposed to Boris Johnson. Um, um, but but his his performance o- over Ukraine was, was a real weak point, which um, um, it, uh, I hope will remain associated with his reputation well, in, we've in, got, in the future. Oh, it, let's continue. We uh, I saw the Chancellor uh, Jeremy Hunt yesterday, and he had his little Union Jack with Ukraine symbol. Why on earth any British politician will wear a flag of another country is beside. Actually, Jeremy Hunt should just wear the Chinese flag, really, if he wants yeah. to talk about his elite. It would be more honest. It would be. It would be much more honest. But you've mentioned Ukraine. So let's bring up Ukraine. There are two stories. Oh, let me, no, let me try and bring it up again. There you go. Um, And this is, we'll get on the finance thing in a minute, but this first Mm -hmm. one, critics say a new media law signed by Zelensky could restrict press freedom in Ukraine. Lawmakers who passed the bill said it would help meet European Union conditions. Well, that would be restricting press freedom, but anyway. But journalists have denounced it as a move towards censorship. And of course, that's been the... uh, what many of us have said about Zelensky, that he wants absolute control and the corruption and the the control over what the media say and do. And it's wonderful to see mainstream publication like the New York Times actually admitting this is the case. Yeah, that was actually the point. I, that was actually the point that when I commented on this on, on Getter, Peter, that was actually the point I mentioned, that even, you know, kudos to, to the New York Times, yeah. which is um, which is regime media to the core, yeah. right? Uh, kudos to them that they have the courage to, 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 to go with, with a true uh, story in, in Ukraine, even when it goes against their own official yeah. narrative on this, which is uh, 10% good, Putin bad. But Peter, can you imagine? Can you imagine if if Putin did the same thing here? Um, uh, I mean, he's probably already done the same thing in all truth. But um, let's just say that there were theoretically a freer media um, in Moscow. Can you imagine the outrage, all the synthetic outrage um, in the West that we'd have been capable of producing? Um, and it's basically. Zelensky does the same thing and it's just crickets Oh it's true and and, and, um, both of them are uh, strong men, both of them want absolute control and yet yet supposedly our media can't see a single thing wrong in in Zelensky and that's what pisses me off the way you don't see any fair commentary on on the situation None whatsoever 
And of course, you talked about the money. Let's. This is the money situation. And oh, here we are. The even more going. So Biden administration announces nearly four billion in new military aid for Ukraine. Um, it's it seems to be nonstop. This uh, probably your your thoughts as well, Ben. Yeah, it, it, it's nonstop. Um, we'll get, as I say. Before, let's see now what, what Speaker McCarthy does. He has he has a majority in the House of Representatives. The, the, the GOP can say no. Um, the thing is, we've all seen the photos. But in the early days, we saw the identical photos, symmetrically. I mean, the, the arrangement and the position was absolutely the same when Pelosi went over, when McConnell went over to pay homage um, in Kiev, it was the same backdrop. It was the same stretch of little garden outside the presidential palace on on the steps, and the cameras angling was exactly the same. Only the 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 the, 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 the figures in the photo had uh, were different. Um, but I repeat, the composition is 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 identical, um, mm. which I think just brings out in all its shabby glory the absolute nature of 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 the uniparty in the United States. Um, there is no difference between these two parties on at least. I mean, I don't think there's very much difference on, on, on many things. Only uh, who are who are the vested interests that both parties need to pay um, in order to, to, to carry on going. The 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 the, the, uh, the paymasters, the clients are different according to the two parties. But in many senses, they're exactly the same. You know, only the 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 language changes. On Ukraine, you can't put a cigarette paper between between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what we do know, what we do know before the um, the, 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 the the Sam Bankman Freed uh, mm-hmm. laundry closed, um, was that the United States was, was sending sort of billions of dollars over to Kiev. Kiev was then pushing that money through the, the FTX exchange. Um, Let's even say it was innocent. Let's let's say that 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 wasn't the laundry. Let's just speculate that 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 wasn't laundry. Um, but in, in any case, um, FSB was what's he called? Um, SSSSBF. Yes. It was taking it was taking um, uh, a percentage of the transactions through his exchange. That was that, that is absolutely true. That's not conspiracy theory. And we also know he was he was giving money then. To the Democrats um, and and the Republicans. In fact, when I when I put out on Getter um, uh, that he had said in an interview that he was the third biggest donor mm. to the Republican to the Republicans, my feed was filled with people saying, "No, no, you slipped up. You meant to say uh, he was the, the third biggest to the um, to the Democrats." And the point is, no, he was he was fine. He was like he was like the Rothschilds in the yeah. First World War. He was financing yeah. both. He's financing both sides. Yeah. Um, and that's absolutely true, right? Now, whether whether with all that money uh, that 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 um, that was receiving from the United States, whether he was laundering that money via crypto and sending it back to laundered crypto back to the the Uniparty, that I don't know, right? He may have done, he may not have done. Um, we'll all have our own opinions on that. Uh, but I repeat, what he was absolutely doing, and this is ab, this is no, this is not denied. It's not not denied because the argument has hardly been made. Um, but what is absolutely clear he was doing was that he was he was making his percentage on the tra- transactions on the exchange uh, and then donating 
heavily to both sides, um, and that is the Uni Party. So, well, Peter, we'll wait and see whether anything changes, whether Blinken gets to send um, $4 billion more to Kiev. I would mm. hope not, but if he does, right, if he does, it's going to be Donald Trump who pays the political price for that more than anyone else in the United States, because he owns this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's move on to COVID. Um, there has been a loss coming out, and actually, uh, well, we'll touch on this now. Mentioned, but this was a video clip from uh, from uh, who was it from RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm. And in it, he says that your chance of dying of a heart attack from the vaccine, according to their own studies, just out is 500% greater than if you're unvaccinated. Um, And this seems to be fitting with, in fact, today, the Telegraph, the Daily Telegraph, for the first time, have begun to ask about deaths in men. And they had a two-page spread, literally a full two-page spread, saying um, that many or uh, many conspiracy theorists are saying that this is causing myocarditis and heart issues and deaths. Is it true? And that was the first time in any mainstream newspaper that conversations begin to be had. And I'm thinking that Atch is beginning to get through. But, I mean, there have been lots of data. Um, what are what are your thoughts on this? And do you think what's happening in the States will change the discussion on, the, uh, on this issue? Well, you know... Um... I think um, last Monday uh, in the United States, you had that player who collapsed on the field. Um, yeah, yeah. Which what everybody feared was, for, I think he's pulling through now, everyone feared that this was another case yeah. of, of sudden, sudden adult death syndrome. Um, and I think that, I, I think because of the just, you can't turn away and not see that um, when it's happening on live TV. Uh, and I think that might move the needle slightly as far as COVID is concerned, generally, I might not go as far as some of my fellow travellers on this. I think, firstly, because I... I I'm I'm well down the rabbit hole. <laughs> All right, OK. Um, I mean, I, I know a couple of people in the um, in, in, um, in, in the first half of 2020 who died of COVID. Yeah. Um, one was it was a young guy, a police guy, a policeman, a academy. Carabinieri, and the other was 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 was, was a seventy five year old um, priest. Mm. Um, so, I, so when they died, um, and others were saying, no, no, it's, it's all an exaggeration, it's just like the seasonal flu. Um, I sort of realized it's not. And another friend of mine, someone I, I lived with, um, uh, was in hospital for about four months. Yeah, um, the doctor said basically, if he gets it again. Um, and he's 65, so he's not younger. But if he gets it again, um, he won't pull through a second time. Mm. So I sort of knew that it's not just a seasonal cold. It is fatal. Um, how fatal it was, uh, I didn't know. And I sort of, my instinct was, was that I think I think COVID went through. We, we never really ever had universal antibody tests. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't capable. But my feeling was that basically it went it, it went like a like a comb through the whole country before people even started feeling sick. 
Um, and it just basically in the first wave, it's like the really vulnerable people who who, who needed to be hospitalised first, and that everyone else was had it was in asymptomatic. That is my broad instinct as far as COVID is concerned. So it is dangerous; it can kill if you're in the wrong category. Um, on the other end, the government basically massively over-exaggerated and panicked the country mm. in, into a lockdown. 100%, I, I believe that. The vaccine, I actually think, can uh, save lives. My granddad and um, my dad both had COVID about six months ago. My granddad's 97. It, he had like a slight temperature um, and, 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 and lost his appetite for a few days. My dad, who at that stage I didn't think was vaccinated, he was hit really badly. Mm. Um so I do think that, that, that the vaccine can save lives, but it's also very dangerous. Um, and the government has downplayed the vaccine um, um, uh, risks. So yeah. I would basically say if, if we had a decent government, a decent government that was honest with the people, it would just say the facts and let people decide for themselves whether they think the risk of taking the vaccine outweighs the risks of, of of having the um the virus and let pe treat people like responsible adults and let them make their own decisions the virus is dangerous i from from my category my age category um i have no comorbid comorbidities that i'm aware of for my age category i think the vaccine's more dangerous than the virus um for, yeah. for my grandfather i'd say the the the, the virus is more dangerous than the vaccine um, it would be the mark of a responsible government to to let to, to import, inform people of facts and make their own decisions for their own lives. We don't have a responsible government. We have psychopaths and sociopaths um, throughout throughout, and and they they see the opportunity to, for the, for this for them and their friends uh, um, and and their benefactors uh, and their donors, um, and they see a power grab. Uh, in being to, to 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 lock everybody up in their own home and a precedent to build on. Yeah, yeah that's my no. take as far as COVID is concerned. I think my my take on it is whenever people were being shut down because they're asking questions, then you realise you're onto something. Something's not right mm -hmm. there. Secondly, whenever Pfizer tried to hide the data again, they don't want any information public. Third, whatever they actually released the uh, vaccine on the basis of 170 people going through trials, of which 162 were placebos. Um, all of that, and obviously with what Daily Clout are trying to uncover with the data, if all the data was open, then I could accept. But when the data is shot, plus uh, the only way to test you yourself was from a pack that arrived from China from most companies who had never made anything in their lives before and only existed months before. In fact, I read of in the UK two companies that supplied the tests for COVID, PCR tests, and they were both based out of Shanghai hotel rooms. And one company got 80 million, one sixty million. The companies had only been working for two months and never produced anything in their lives. So yeah. it was interesting that we trusted our whole system to yeah. a little hotel room in Shanghai that no one had heard of. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Daily Cloud. I think Naomi Wolf has been doing outstanding work yeah. uh, on COVID. Absolutely outstanding. And she's not she's not she's not MAGA. She's she's not a she's she's not a Republican. She's she, she's a progressive. Uh, a yeah. progressive lib liberal pro Clinton um, uh, liberal, and she has been pioneering 
in her work on this. Oh, we've had the privilege of having Naomi on, I think, three different times, right. and Robin Malone on three times, many. So it's always good to hear from those voices, and you're right. And yeah. people not necessarily from your side politically are calling it out, just like Robert Kennedy Jr. as well, very much in the left, and yet aware of what's happening. And that's been exciting to see that. There was but, uh, Peter, Peter, Peter. The old, the old-fashioned left oh, did yeah. used to take things like 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 human freedom, like, like human rights. Um, seriously, when human before human rights just became an excuse for for the promotion of wokeism, yeah. there are there yeah. are some people on the left who still basically like, like the old George Orwell type left who are liberal in, in the old sense of the world. The well, old there are a few of them. The there are a few left. I agree. A few left. Uh, th this is what's been happening in China, and I put this up because it was a, a Daily <laughs> Mail. Uh, store. No, no, sorry, sorry. That was sorry. The wrong one. Josh, you uh, can you bring up the other one? Sorry, just but well, want to finish on take because it's it's a it's really weird, and I'm trying to make sense of it. But it's the China COVID wave of celebrity, which was in the the mail. There we go. Um, sorry. There. Let me. This was really interesting, and it fitted in with an article that was in the mail probably a week ago, saying that actually there were queues of 40, 50 uh, buses or vehicles waiting to go to crematoriums. Hospitals were absolutely overwhelmed. What's happening COVID-wise in China now is much worse than anything before. Um, I thought, that's really weird. And then this story came out, Ch China COVID, wave of celebrity death sparks died over actual tool. Um, and obviously... At the beginning, we had people collapsing in the street and people with white coats rushing, videos that no one was ever able to get the bottom of. No one knows where those videos came from, but that's what sparked a worldwide um, uh, uh, crisis and fear. And and this seems to be happening again. The, the figures and the images coming out of China I think seem to be setting us up for phase two of whatever has been happening. I don't know. Um, yeah, but as as you were saying before, I, possibly. I mean, yeah. if if you if you have the ability to look at these things and see the patterns, then, then possibly you know what what we know is that nothing is nothing nothing sinister sounding is too horrific to actually be the case this is really, yeah. really what we've learned over, over the last couple of years um you know what you're saying before about the, the chinese companies registered in hotel rooms um convenient you know just a couple of months before and all the rest of it who knows all we know is that our governments are not being honest with us that's yeah. what we know that that is a truth which you can take yeah. to the bank um yeah. Whether they're setting up for phase two, you know the the the, the World Economic Forum, it, you know they, they you know they come out. Peter, I don't know if you have the same reaction to me uh, as, as Davos. Is that you used to hear things coming out of Davos, and you think that's so crazy, and uh, you just laugh about it. Um, now you hear things coming out of Davos, and where's that? Just as crazy, but you have this mm. sort of sick feeling in your stomach. Like just give it time, and you'll start seeing the legislation. Um, the yeah. coordinated legislation in countries around the world. Um, yeah. Yeah, what can I say? No, exactly. Well, let's finish. Pro Jam, can you put the Andrew Tate one up? Uh, I will finish on that because I've been uh, watching this and 
Um, never having heard of, <laughs> never having heard of Andrew Tate until me nine months ago, uh, and I've been interested to watch what he's been putting out as uh, an individual. And this was whenever the story first happened of him being arrested. Exclusive. Why is self-declared trillionaire Andrew Tate living in a six hundred thousand uh, pound room in Romania? Uh, and then it's come out about all the stuff with webcam setup of having girls perform in front of it. And uh, he obviously makes a lot of money by getting individuals to sign up to uh, his his newsletter and he gives advice. Um, obviously, is extremely wealthy and seems much more wealthy than you would be in as a kickboxer. Uh, but what what are your thoughts on, as you've watched this, because again, I... I I don't know, Andrew, I really hadn't come across him, and I'm trying to make sense of of what's happening, and it looks like it's he's part of a very seedy underworld. So what? how have you seen these events, Ben? <laughs> With a great deal of schadenfreude. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, look, um, I, I was really, really aware of this guy because I had so many uh, conversations with my godson, who's um, 15, about this mm. guy. Uh, who followed him, and he was saying, like, no, he's the real deal, he's saying all the right things, yeah. he's not politically correct, that's why everyone hates him. And I thought, well, just because I was being pushed, I, I did a bit of, um, I, 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 you know, I, I checked out his getter profile, I was like, just platitudes, it's sort of yeah. Chinese cooker, Chinese cookie uh, biscuit uh, platitude yeah. type things, um, with, with, with a twist of controversy for the clickbait. And I thought, I just, I don't, I don't buy it. I, I, I don't. There's, there's something. Here. I, I, in my, in my godson's going. No, 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 no. He's like, he's like, he's, he's got thirty. He's got all these sports cars. He's like really rich. And I go, <laughs> well, what can I say? Something tells me. Some, something tells me no. But I wasn't able to put my finger on it. Yeah. And yeah. then. And then we we're, we're, we're treated with this fantastic late Christmas present. Um, so here are the facts, okay? Far from being um, facts, right? I, I'm quoting the Daily Mail. Um, but the facts are that far from being the trillionaire he uh, he promised us, yeah. his his own his only inverted commas worth a hundred million, which obviously is still quite a bit of money. Um, uh, quite a bit of money, but let's let's break this down because what else in different articles has Daily Mail told us? Well, he has this online academy again, inverted commas, uh, called the um, uh, is it called the Hustlers Hustlers University or something? Mm. Um, where they charge uh, thirty nine pounds per student. Um, I say per student for online, there are uh, apparently 127,000 such students who've been through the academy per year um, with tips on on getting rich. Okay, so what did Harnwell do? Harnwell got out his iPhone and little calculator on his iPhone, which is basically which to say anybody could do this. Right. And I, I did I did the maths, right? I did uh, how much, 39 pounds per month, 127,000. And I came out with this figure of 55 million a year. Uh, um, as um, Now that's um, that's turnover, not profit. But of course, if you're running an online academy, I don't think you're gonna be dealing with, mm. with, with, with huge percentage in, in terms of operational costs. 
And then you think, well, hang on, his total wealth is basically less than two years yep. earnings from this online academy. And what's he doing on this online, online academy? He's teaching teenagers how to get rich. Well, hang on, it's, it's like it's like the social influence influencer, a social influencer version of a Ponzi scheme. It's yep. just like an MC Escher um, illustration. You remember with the perpetual motion and you yep. follow it around. He's basically made a hundred million quid. Well, for minus whether he made as a kickboxer, but a hundred million quid. Um, on the back of teaching young kids um, how to be rich. Yeah. You know, as I ended my, my I ended it this way because I was very careful of, of the libel lawyers, Peter. I said, I hope that in clearing his name, Tate can resolve doubts. It was all some gigantic grift. Um, <laughs> uh, well, well that, Ben, that's I... really what it looks like. I think you should share. We could do it together and you could share your thoughts and if people could pay you £39 a month for your thoughts of yeah. life. Be, yeah. Forget false modesty. My thoughts are a lot more valuable than, than his <laughs> platitudes. Okay. But uh, listen, 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 listen. Right. My, thought, my thoughts are more profound than his. I'm far more controversial than he is. Um... And I don't have a Lambo, and I don't have a Ferrari. Yeah. I, I stopped um, smoking cigars because I it was just aggravating my asthma too much, unfortunately. Um, but hey, if that's the role that the market is it, now, if there's now a gap in the market, and the market needs someone to fulfil that alpha style role, I'm here. I'm available. I'm free. Um, I might charge a bit more than thirty nine per oh. quid per month, but you know. You've got to pay a bit extra for quality. Well, I think our viewers have heard it here first, Ben. So there you go. It's an exclusive that we've got. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's, oh, it's, oh. Yeah. It, it, it Peter, when I'm a trillionaire, you must come and visit me in my Romanian warehouse. <laughs> I, would, I would hope it's more uh, uh, some kind of mansion in, in Italy somewhere than a Romanian warehouse. So yeah, but you can have a warehouse Romania if you still wish. No, then. No, 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 no. A Romanian warehouse next, literally next to an airport runway. I ju I just I, I when I saw that I thought it was by the runway so we could get away from the country if he had no, to. No, no, it's because it's, it was cheap. He's basically living in the Romanian equivalent of Slough. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I don't listen, 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 I don't. I, I don't want to kick off a problem now. Slavs, it has its charms. Not the time, perhaps, to quote John Betjeman. Uh, come friendly bombs fall on Slav. Um, but, okay, it's not perhaps the nicest area of, of Berkshire. Let's put it like that. Uh, or, or, or the UK. Um, nope. And I think, I think basically that, that Andrew Tate was slumming it there whilst doing his big macho routine um, on the other side of the corrugated iron walls. Yeah. No, I agree. And and if you're online only, you can just show what you want to show, which was just pictures of him and cars that you can borrow from the showroom, showroom for a drive, I guess, and take a few pictures and claim they're yours. Who knows what is legit and what is not? And that's that's the whole thing of online influencers. What you see is not true. So on that bit of wisdom, I think I will. How, many, how, much, how much are you charging us for that? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but Ben, thank you so much for coming on. It's always great to have you. Thank you so much for your time today. 
Thank you, Peter. Thanks again for the, for the, for the invitation. Not all. And let me just one picture I saw. Let me just share it with our viewers before we leave, which is a uh, which is a subject we'll knock it on to. But let me just share it as we finish. And there it is. And this is a picture today from the book you to uh, oh yeah to see Prince Harry's. New book, and there is the book queue, the queue for Harry's book signing, <laughs> waiting patiently outside Waterstones. What could he have said that would upset them? We'll not even get into this. Um, but on that, I'll leave you all with a smile. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure and follow Ben if you don't at Hornwell on Getter. Um, and you can also get the War Room room there as well. So on that, I wish our viewers, a wonderful rest of your Saturday evening. Have a good weekend. And on Monday, we'll be back with you with Calvin Robinson live Monday evening. Uh, so tune in for that. And on that, wish you all a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you and good night. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.